0: Tonight we're going to talk a lot of Brooklyn Nets and there's very few people that you can think of to talk about this with. And that is a board, Kyrie. And they made a nice acquisition and they showed up last night in Brooklyn. So Kyrie, first things first, how's it going, buddy? Yo, what's going on, man? It's going, It's
1: going very well. Thank you for that introduction. I uh, definitely locked in last night, so you know,
0: it's, it's, it's looking good. I'm excited. Awesome, awesome. Before we attack all things nuts, what did you think of the halftime show, the Super Bowl commercials, and the game?
1: I'll start with the commercials, because I guess that's kind of a hanging fruit. I think the commercials have lost their pizzazz in the sense that they play them early. I think we've lost that mystique in that, like, um, what's it going to be, what, what's the commercials going to be, Um, but that being said, not to be a Debbie Downer, I love the Sopranos commercial. I mean, come on, off from Jimmy. That, that was a good one. You know, I'm i'm from exit 13a to be exact elizabeth so I'm, I'm from north, you know what i'm saying i represent new Brunswick, so i represent the whole jersey but i currently reside in elizabeth so it was dope to see that representation on the screen with one of the greatest david david chase television shows of all time in my opinion the sopranos so that was dope moving to a uh, halftime show though i mean come on is there a person, is there a human being living, breathing, existing that thought anything was wrong with that performance? That's what I need to ask. That halftime show, Kyrie. What's going on, my man, Kyrie? What's going on, brother? Yeah, <laughs> all is well, bruh. Oh, you know. Of course, <laughs> yeah, That halftime show. First of all, with the two, speaking from one brother to another. All you, all you, all, all I gotta say is that halftime represented everything for the culture, man. A full hip hop studded halftime show with Dre, Snoop, M, Kendrick, the Queen, Mary Jane, of course, M. I thought it was great. I would have loved to see me personally. I know it's hard to nitpick, but I would like to see Eminem perform another song. Um, I, I would or at least let him to spit his first song, Forgot About Trey. But again, that's um, nitpicking here. I, 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 I Go ahead, go ahead, man. No, man, I, I hate to cut you off. I had to jump in here, but I, I, I just think that... You know, I think, I feel you. I would have loved to see another performance by M2, but I, I know that less is more, and all this does is set up the, the next iteration of the, of the Smoke Tour Part 2. So, you know, the, 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 last year the, 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 uh, the number came at $96 million. This year we had 112.3 million, including, you know, television, linear, and streaming. So come on, man, if that many eyeballs was on the game, I don't think he we went that. And it didn't go up that much because of uh, the, the play on the field. Because if anything, we had uh, lower tier teams, in my opinion. I mean, last year you had the Bucks and the Chiefs, two teams that was at the top of their game. This year was like, you know, it, you know, as far as the mystique of it, it was like, wow, we don't really know what the Bengals are going to do. This could this could be a terrible game. Thank God it was a new game. But you know, I think all those rumors came in for the halftime show. So, and in a nutshell, what I'm trying to say is, as I as I ramble a bit. All that does is just set up the, the incredible tour that's soon to come. Oh absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I just think that like this everything, man, everything that just about the halftime show, the performances, you know, the fact that, you know, the commercials again I agree with you, they were kind of a dud. You know, they didn't really they lost their luster. I mean, there are some cool ones and then there were some that are just like bland. The halftime show was fantastic. And I really yeah. enjoyed it, and I really thought that NFL did a good job of like you know bringing hip hop to us. Because just to let you know, us brothers, we don't just we don't just like you know the whole pop thing. We you know brothers listen to hip hop too, you know. NFL, we like hip hop, yeah. Know? And you know, and you know, shout to the NFL, but we gotta get those props to Jay Z. Jay Z really came in. Even what he does with Rock Nation and made that happen, and, and, and shout to the NFL for kind of just giving him the reins and let him, you know, orchestrate and produce that entire thing. But you know, over to God, man, you got to
0: give it to him. Well, that's what you were gonna get with Dr. Dre. If he didn't have a hundred percent creative control, there was no shot he was gonna put his name in in that performance. And the NFL has to understand that. They can control a lot of things, but if they're going to want something like this, they're going to have to relax and they're going to have to take what happens. As long as nothing crazy happens, that is bad. Before we talk Brooklyn Nets, Major League Baseball lockout still here. And we're getting into some territory to where if players and owners don't come together real, real soon, we're not going to have Yankee baseball March 31st. We're not going to have opening day. And it seems like the players might take some time here. And you say you want to get on the field, then why not just make a proposal? If they're going to take a week or two to make a proposal, that means we're at February 27th. And... Spring training is now delayed by six days. So it's like at that point you need four weeks of spring training. So so maybe you start opening day like April tenth and and, and a week late isn't that bad. But if you get into March first and you don't have pitchers and catches reporting to Florida or Arizona, we might not even get real baseball the last week of April, and that's a problem.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I mean, I think the writing was on the wall during the uh, the pandemic. Well, well, I guess we're still in the pandemic, but to be clear, when the, when the pandemic first started two years ago, and there was a lot of negotiation on when they were going to start and how they were going to play, and there was a lot of pushback. I think the writing was on the wall then to see what we're seeing right now. Um. I don't want to have a deep you know union versus corporate conversation i don't think i'm too well first to have that conversation anyway but i think that um we should just strap in and just and just you know unfortunately because i was looking forward to going to open a day this year myself to be honest with you um, just because of the spectacle, because the event of, of, of it all, and I love baseball. But I mean, I think we need to uh, strap in here and just and just uh, be patient because I don't think this thing is getting resolved anytime soon. And it's really terrible for the Yankees, and, and I know you guys are big Yankee fans. And it's terrible because it seems like you guys have been been just uh, just taking on so many highs to be let down for the past, I mean, eleven seasons to be. Or, 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 or 12 seasons to be honest but wow. especially these past three 12 seasons yeah but especially these past like three or four I, I'd say these past three maybe since you got Gary Cole especially it's like wow like yeah. this is, I feel bad honestly, honestly I, don't, I don't feel bad in the sense that you know the Yankees are a great franchise a story franchise plenty of championships plenty of jewelry so there's not too much to feel bad about but I do feel especially for the Yankee fan that you know, it, it you know, wasn't here for the 90s and the 2000s. That didn't get a chance to really enjoy, as, a, as an adult, I guess, what that was like and what that was like to see. To answer your question, though, I, I, I do think it's bad from a fan perspective, but these guys are businessmen. You know, this is how they make their livelihood. They don't want to get raked over the coals by ownership and, you know, whatever, Manfred and whoever else rough to have going on, so I think we just need to strap in and just just be patient because this may not even get resolved until mid-April, to be Yeah, I'm kind of like in that yeah. same boat because it doesn't it does not seem like we're going to get any result anytime soon. And quickly, I'm sticking with baseball. I know you're a big Atlanta Braves fan, so let me ask you this: <laughs> You saw, I gotta ask you this: You saw your team finally win the World Series. You know, I know you growing up. You see the Yankees beat them twice, and now you finally got a I seen them win in '95. I'm seen them win in nice '95. Okay, okay. <laughs> so now, fast forward now. It's 2021. What was going through your emotions when you finally saw when you saw the Atlanta Braves won against? That hated Houston Nationals. A lot of New Yorkers hate the Houston Nationals. Yeah. What was your thoughts of seeing the Braves do the unthinkable and win the World Series? It was relief, man, because that series went back and forth, back and forth. At any at any moment, I thought that we were just going to blow it. The way we kind of blew it in the first round the year before, or, or was that two years ago? I can't remember at this point. Two like years, years ago, blending together. Yeah, but. It was a big sigh of relief, and it was a big like uh, it was just a, it was just jubilation because it was, like you, you know what you, I'm sure you guys know what that's like. And you when you root for a team for so long, and then they're they're terrible for a while, then they're just meandering for a while, and then once they finally get a nice run in the postseason and they make it to a World Series, and I was like, whoa, this could happen. And it's not against the Yankees, okay? This could happen. You know what I'm saying? And then we're playing really good. The first game we win, we, you know, we're, we're going up two games, I believe. Then it kind of settled in. We got back to Tropicana. It was all the emotions and all the roller coaster ride effects that you want from a World Series. If it's not your team, if it's your team, you want to sweep. You know, you want to just get it over with. But um, oh man, it was jubilation, and I loved it. I loved to see it. I loved the Braves. I, I've been a Brave fan probably since ninety five and I was a really young kid when I got a chance to see him win. And you know what's ironic too, I'll say this briefly before we transition here. There was also a lockout after we won in ninety five too. So that's, yes, that's yes, pretty interesting.
0: <laughs> um before we okay. talk all all Brooklyn Nets and answer this like short and sweet. You know, 2020, obviously, the Lakers and Dodgers didn't get their championships. So, of course, Rams win, and LeBron James just has to be that guy. You know, how about we all celebrate ours together? Like, why can't you just let this be about the Rams? It's not about you, it's not about the Dodgers. Yes, sure, it's unfair. You guys didn't get your parades. Oh, I'm crying for a bunch of millionaires. And especially LeBron, who's a fucking billionaire. So, what what do you think about LeBron being like, hey, 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 look at me? My
1: knee-jerk reaction to that when I saw it was pretty much what you're saying. My knee-jerk reaction was like, look, relax. Like, you know, this is the Rams moment. Let the Rams have their moment. The the Lakers and the Dodgers are both irrelevant as far as championships and parades are concerned this year I thought about it a little bit more and then to your point you said, yeah well but the bubble they didn't get a chance to have a parade and the same thing with the Dodgers because of all the uh, mandates and everything that was going on necessarily because of COVID-19 I think though, the more I think about it I think, that, and it's going to stop because I don't think that they should have any joint parade, I think the Rams should just have their moment but what I think happened was because LeBron was at the game He was there with all the people of L.A. They were celebrating. People were probably putting stuff in his head, like, yeah, you guys should get this. Uh, You guys were robbed of this celebration, too, because I'm sure there was a lot of fanfare and celebrations in the streets of L.A. and the clubs and the box and all the celebrities there. So all that stuff that he didn't get a chance to experience as a Laker it was all rushing in when he saw it for the refs, And I think he just got caught up in the moment and kind of just, you know, shot his shot. Like, oh, let's all do it together. But I think even, I, I would like to think that even LeBron read that text back or read that, that quote back today or maybe he's going to read it back tomorrow and be like, yeah, I'm kind of bugging. <laughs> Yeah, I I think, like, you know it's real when Shannon Sharp, the biggest LeBron fan, says, yo, LeBron, it's about the Rams. <laughs> that that should be yeah, all yeah. you need to know. Now we're going to transition <laughs> into, your know, basketball. The only relevant basketball really? team in New York, the only re- relevant basketball team is obviously the Brooklyn Nets. I know, Kyrie, you are a big Brooklyn Nets fan, so let's take us through this. What are your thoughts on the trade, and how do you think it's going to play out for not only you guys, but also the 76ers? As I look at the score for the Seventy Sixers right now, I know I know James isn't playing, but as I look at the score, it seems like hundred and one to fifty five. That's on I checked, I don't know how much that ballooned or shrunk since then. No, no, that, 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 that's an unfair shot. Um, <laughs> I think, literally, I I, I, breath, I breathed a sigh of relief when I finally thought the trade went through because I was excited. I was excited because we already have a we already had enough. Like things that were bringing down the morale of the team. Of course, the injuries. Of course, Kyrie's situation, which we can't really do much about uh, until you know something changes in the city of New York. We had uh, you know j- j- just a-, a total morale killer. And then Jer- James being you know unhappy with all of those things. A lot of things. A lot of those things he couldn't control. You know, big the biggest one probably being his hamstring, whether it's you know whether he was putting on whether it's true or not. I'm pretty sure. You know that was that that was becoming a cancer for a lot of the young guys on the team. So I was glad that he was gone. Right. I was glad that they just figured it out and then he was just out of there, just so we could have a chance to just settle in and focus on the young guys that are really, really contributing and really playing hard. And I really feel so bad that Dembry got traded, but I'm glad that he got picked up by the Bucks because he's a, he's an incredible player. He plays hard every single. He may not he may not show up in your stats. Sheet every day, but he's got the intangibles. He's got the hustle. That any team, me and the Bucks, are going to be a lot scarier with him. So that was a really smart pickup. But when I saw that we had Ben Simmons, like that, it it happened. That it, that it was made to happen. Plus, Seth knowing that we may not get Joe this season. Plus, Jerry, poor woman, bro, it's scary. If we remain healthy, if Kyrie can play full-time, I mean, even if he can play half, part-time, but especially if he can play full-time and KD makes a full, strong recovery and comes back, oh, my God. It's like, because all of the things that Philadelphia expected Ben Simmons to do and they kind of he had to shoulder some responsibility for specifically the jump shooting he's going to be absolved of that because he doesn't have to worry about hitting threes specifically. We have Seth Curry and my off brother from another mother from down under that are raining in threes. Kyrie can shoot the three when he wants to and KD and too, ain't too shappy at uh hitting the three-pointer himself so I, I think Ben Simmons is going to take that have the, have the confidence of having some of the most elite talent around him and he's, a young, he's 25 years old so he's going to show up and we have this guy at 25 years old for who knows where the ceiling is going to be so i'm really excited about that for going to see, i don't know what's going to be for them for the long haul i think they're going to be good they're, we're going to see them in the playoffs at some point or if we don't by chance just how the power of the seating comes out uh, even if we don't see them in the playoffs, March 10th is going to be a crazy game. It's going to be very competitive. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I see, I see I I the Sixers being a deep playoff team, but I think James Harden or not, I think the, the 76ers have proven themselves to be, uh, you know, maybe maybe Eastern Conference Finals at best type of team. They they haven't really showed us that they're a championship team yet. So we'll see. Um, I'll make this quick, funny story. So I took my son, uh, to, to the entire family. We all went, but my son specifically because he's a Trey Young fan. So we went to see the Hawks play the Sixers because it was just ridiculous to see the Hawks play the Knicks on Christmas day, um, price wise. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and it was a lot of because Tobias Harris had like 25 points. He had like seven rebounds. He was killing. I think he had like two assists. He had a really great game. Seth was on fire too. And the fans in Philly were booing Tobias Harris. And then in the game, they were booing him and then he so my son was like, why are they booing him? Why are they booing him? I said, you know, this is Philadelphia. This, you know, these fans, they're fans. This is how you get down, whatever. So my son said, I tell him, you know, we, we made a trade, buddy. James Harden is out of here. And now we're going to we're gonna have Ben Simmons and we're going to have these other players from the 76ers. So it's going to be great. He looks at me and says, I don't know how James Harden is going to feel when the Philadelphia
0: fans start booing him. <laughs> what a smart kid you've got right there.
1: I'm like this is so true. I'd forgotten about that from that game, but I was like, it's so true because I don't think Harden has ever, even in Brooklyn, he didn't have to deal with the harsh media, the harsh fan things like the Knicks. Because you know we're kind of insulated and we kind of do our own thing in Brooklyn. So the Philadelphia Inquirer, oh man, he's gonna have a rude. Because I don't think I don't think James Harden has ever had to deal with with tough sports press. Houston, from what I from what I know not being out there, but from what I know, just from seeing the blogs, they were never very critical of him, it was always Chris Paul's fault, right. you know, they were very, he was a darling, of course, OKC, I'm pretty sure they were just happy he was there, and he was so young in his career, and in Brooklyn, he, he's kind of just, you know, he kind of just did whatever he wanted, you know, so, this is gonna be interesting.
0: Right now, Boston, 132 to 84, just under two minutes in <laughs> the fourth, um, I don't think no one can judge this trade fully till Simmons and James get on the floor. And the timing works of it all to where I think both of their first games will come March 10th. More for Harden because it's just enough time. You can get a hamstring even as bad as his. You can get that ready in the 3-4 weeks that he has. Because he, he can practice this whole time. And that would be better for him. For, for Ben Simmons, it might not be. Because then it's going to be all about the revenge game. So maybe it would be better for him if his first game can come a few games before that. And out of the Nets' last 30 games of the season, Kyrie Irving can only play seven games. Now for playoffs, that could be a good thing, right? Less le- le- less wounds on the body, fr- fresher legs, but to get into a top 4 seed, which let's be honest, I think they truly need if 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 you have any thought of getting to the Eastern Conference finals, you know, you don't want to be facing the the 76ers in the second round, you don't want to be facing the Bucks in the first round. You you don't want the hardest path. Um. So, but this Nets team, and they even posted it today. They have a chance for a starting five of like the top first round picks between Kevin Durant and Kyrie and Aldridge and Simmons, um, and Blake Griffin. So that's that's good. Um, yeah. but. The Nets got a lot. And this whole Kyrie stuff. It's. He's wanting his cake and having it too. He's okay with being able to have the choice. Of not taking the vaccine. But. Then the other day. He comes trashing Adams in the media. If, If you're okay with your choice. You can't blame the PA. You can't blame Eric Adams. It's your choice buddy. If you. If, if you hate getting cracked out of being a half-time player, guess what, buddy? Get the shot. Become a full-time player. That's how... There's two ways for him to become a full-time player. He prays Eric Adams. Helps him. Or, he gets the shot. And, from hearing the Michael K show today, like, a bunch of union workers... Real men, blue-collar men, lost their jobs today because they weren't vast. So, if Adams does turn this around, it's not going to happen right now. Because how would that look? Hard-working people who need their money to survive. Kyrie Irving, if he never dribbles a ball the rest of his life, he's going to be okay. He's not going to be in a crack shelter. He's... He's not going to be hustling on the corner for money. He's going to be okay. His family has more than enough money for less So I think people got to stop, you know, feeling sorry for him. Oh, woe is me. And with Ben Simmons, the only thing I, c- I think of that can hurt him. And I don't want to say his mental health is crap. But just the timing of, timing of it all. He doesn't step foot. At a 76er game. Or practice. And whether he was working out on the side. Or shooting on the side. That don't matter. But the very first moment he gets traded. A couple of days later. He's at a court side. With his team. He's bonding with the team. He now speaks to the media. Both can be true. Both can be true. He can have mental health problems. Possibly. Or other problems, which is health. but mental health is a key word. Okay, it it all started with uh, I'm I'm blanking on the name, name right now, but the tennis player, right? She she came out of it, and everybody right started feeling after. So that's a key word. So that's the get out of jail free card. You cry, mental health, whether it's true or not. If you talk bad about it, you're a bad person. You're going to, how dare you say someone's lying? What is wrong with you? You don't know what they're going through, blah, blah, blah. So, it's like, so I think that's what he did. And that's genius on him, but it's also messed up. Because there are several, several people who really, really suffer bad from that. And don't use that as an out. So, he has to be careful with how he makes his steps. And if if one of the or Sixers... Win a championship this year, it looks bad because it teaches other players, this is what I can do. If I'm a star, and if I'm good enough to my team, and if I don't like this team anymore, oh, oh I can want to sign the $200 million contract, but if at some point in that contract, if, if my feelings get hurt, I could say, hey, I have mental health problems, I don't like it here anymore, oh, this is that. And it's just a bad precedence.
1: I, I, I hear you. Um, In regards to the Kyrie stuff with, with, the, with, with getting the vaccine, I mean, I don't even... Look, I, I, I'm vaccinated. Boosted. That was my choice. I made that choice. Just like you were saying, Kyrie has made a choice to not be vaccinated at all. His thing he can't have his cake and eat it too we'll see what happens with, with the municipality you know with the city of new york um i really can't um you know it's just it's it, it, that that goes beyond what the nets are going to do on the court and that's kind of like just a lifestyle thing i don't even want to get into that too much i love as a basketball player don't know him as a person seems kind of like there's a lot going on um, a fellow New Jersey brother. But uh, I don't know. I hope, I hope things get figured out with him. I hope that he's it's in a great mental health uh, state himself because, you know, speaking of mental health, he's somebody else that missed uh, quite a few games last season because of just different emotional uh, toll. Um, but to Ben Simmons, I'll say this. I agree with you that you should never play with, uh, you know, using the, the term... Uh, mental health issues because it is something serious. It is something that people battle with on a daily basis. I mean, I had a cousin, a dear cousin, that passed away a couple years ago from a battle. He had uh, bipolar uh, mania and he had schizophrenia and he he passed away at the age of 37 tragically. Um, And I also, um, you know, my wife is a a practicing psychologist in the state of New York. So, you know, I, I definitely definitely don't take issues of mental health lightly whatsoever. I'll say this though with Ben Simmons without knowing anything about his situation, of course. And this goes after of Philadelphia, right? Because I think this all started when they booed him in the playoff after, after a playoff after they were eliminated. And he, 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 took, he dealt with a lot of harsh, harsh criticism in the press. And then, of course, in the arena with the actual fans. And then, of course, you know, whatever else was going on in the front office and whatever he had to deal with, which I don't know. And I don't know what was going on. And I know he's a 25, I guess, at the time, 24-year-old kid. Not to say that, uh, you know, he's also a millionaire, millionaire and famous. I think he was dating, like, one of the Jenners or the Kardashians at some point. Yeah. Like, not to say that he doesn't live a charmed life. But I'll say this, man. You're you're young you are playing basketball, not to say that that's not a hard job because it is and it takes a lot of dedication, but I mean, for the most part, you know, you're you're, you're, you're playing a, a child's game for a profession, um, and you get, in, in your entire life, you've always been really good, and really talented, and always told that, hey, you're the best. You're going to go to college. Hey, you're the best. You're going to go to the pros. Hey, you're the best. You might, you're one of the best. You're going to go to the all-star team and the, and the Olympic team. And, and we got a shot at the championships because you're one of our best players. And then one fell swoop, and Philadelphia's a tough city when it comes to sports. They're an incredibly passionate, tough city. All that stuff goes crashing down on you. The same people that loved you, hate you like Almost overnight, the press is writing countless blogs and articles and talk ads on TV or questioning your testicular fortitude and if you can ever even shoulder a team past, you know, a certain level. I mean, I, I, it would be hard to find anybody that can handle that mentally and that would want to stay there and endure that. So I kind of differ with you in the sense that I kind of I, I kinda give – I kind of I, I give of a, a boy, and it's not just because of in that now, because uh, I've said this the entire season. I'm not mad at Ben Simmons for choosing his own mental health over playing for that team, because even though it's not like a clinical diagnosis as far as schizophrenia or bipolar mania or manic depression, or, or depression or any of those things that are you know uh, classified or, or, or clinically diagnosed, I mean you know, one plus one is two. You can kinda of see how somebody could have had a mental breakdown, you know, something like that at twenty four years old nonetheless. It's a lot. And I think I think it's safe for us from our Ivory Towers to sit back and judge because of the, what we see on the outside and say like, Yeah, you know, man up, just deal with it. But I mean, it's are kids. Yeah, like like to be honest though, and I'll I'll make I'll make a quick thought um As someone who does suffer mental illness, I've got to say this, you know, see, people don't understand that men suffer a lot more mental illness, but we suffer in silence. We, 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 there's a stigma that men are not supposed to express how they're feeling because it's not manly, it's not the man thing to do, especially if. In our own community, Kyrie, you know as well as I do. You know how it is, especially yeah. in the black community, when you have when you have emotions and feelings, and then you get judged, hard, especially by the by especially by, especially by especially by women in our own culture. Like, this must to be a man. Man up, man yeah. no, Don't be a woman. Don't be a woman. Don't be so sensitive. <laughs> that's and you know and 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 that's it, hard. So. I empathize with that. I think people deal with mental illness differently. So I'm not going to be the one to judge Ben Simmons because it's like you said, it's easy for you, me, Nick, anyone to judge on the outside. But you truly don't know what someone's going through on the inside because people can always smile on the outside and think everything is fine. But on the inside, you have no idea the internal battles and struggles they deal with on the day in and day out. So I'm going to keep that back. And the last, and the last question I gotta ask you, Kyrie, because you know I know I had, know I took a little shot at you this morning with those scary hours, mm-hmm. but let me let oh yeah <laughs> yeah I did take a shot and he, he fired back. I, the MS, I didn't know the MSG comment needs to pipe down, so my last question about <laughs> Kyrie, yeah, dude. last up next. The next thing we all know that, but here's a question. Thibodeau's not playing Cam. There's a divide between the front office that wants to play the younger guys and Thibodeau insists on playing the veterans. Ultimately, will this cost Thibodeau his job? (sighs) Man. Um, forecast what goes on to Madison Square Garden. And that's not taking a shot. That's just me. Uh, you know, because right now are different. I-, I always enjoy the Knicks. There's no place like Madison Square Garden. It's the Mecca of basketball. Uh, it's the greatest place for the NBA. It's, it, you know, uh, all that. Um, I do think that Tibbs, to- just speaking out of the side of my neck, I do think that this is going to eventually make Tibbs lose his job because I think overall, for for, for all parties involved, I think New York is more interested in being in the Leon Rose uh, Worldwide West business than they are being in the Tom Thibodeau business when the rubber meets the road. I think that Tibbs is from a school, and I think Don had a but on the case show, I heard Don put this so eloquently when he compared Tibbs to uh, Tom Coughlin. And I thought that was a great comparison as to how he could Tibbs could give himself a little more runway just by realizing that the way J- Joe Judge tried to coach, the way that Tibbs coaches, the way these guys coach, this doesn't really translate with these players in, in 2022 so i i thought that was a great tip that uh, i don't know if Tim's just going to listen to Don. but uh yeah i, I, I see i see timbs out of new york a lot quicker than I see the front office, which is unfortunate because I think, just like a, this always happens with the Knicks, like, it's always such a high, like, oh my God, I'm so glad we got Tibbs and we're going to get Williams and we're going to play ball. And it, and it happened. Last year it happened. It was, that Hawks series was so exciting. Like, it was so exciting. It, 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 it created a rivalry. Like, it was great. I loved it. I watched every game. What was it, six games? That's not a shot. <laughs> it, was, it was six. It was <laughs> And they were all close to, were the all cool. to the last possession. It, it, it was disgusting and terrible as this. I even love that they spit on Trey Young. Not yeah, that's disgusting, but I just love that there was a strong rivalry there. So don't you? Unless you try to do work, but then you know you get the summer. You get you get the forty eight pickups. You get the you get the Bronx kid. You know you get Kimba, You get a difference of opinion. You get this rift. And, and I mean, I, yeah, I think I think the front office is going to win there. I don't know who they're going to get the call. I don't know who's going to coach the Knicks. That's the bigger question. The Van Gundy conversation is going to pop back up. The, uh, uh, oh, why am I blanking? His his, 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 his color analyst on ESPN, Mark Mark Jackson. The Mark Jackson uh, news is going to come back up. I don't know who the Knicks are going to pick to coach their team, but I don't don't see it being a very sexy uh, team for a lot of coaches that are available in in July to, to...
0: you want to come to anyway? Yeah. Um. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe they, they want, want Tibbs to fail, right? I mean, there was reports that he didn't even want Cam Reddish. They get him Cam Reddish. He didn't want to draft Obi. He wanted Halliburton, right? So. Yeah. So so now what it comes down to, if all that's true, they're gonna fire Tibbs after this season, because you go from last year. To this year, and half the half the Knicks fan last year loved Julius Randle. Now they hate yeah. him because he's playing like he did with the Lakers—not that great. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, but now the problem with that is for Rose and Wes. they are supposed to be geniuses. So now they they may get their pick of the next head coach. And let's just be honest. It's not going to go well. They don't have a very good team. Yes, they got R.J. Barrett. Sure, maybe he could be that star. But but maybe it will be just like how it is. They'll have him who's a good player. But they won't win more than 30 games in the season. They won't make the playoffs. So, it's, it's fine to build around him if it's going to work. But if you spend 2-3 years... More of his prime. Trying to build a team. You now get close to hell. We now have to trade you just to get something back. And that means they're going to reset it for another 2-3 years. Or they keep trying to build around him. Then they run him through the ground. And then he gets hurt again. So I, I think if I'm a Knicks fan. I'm buckling up for at least... Another five years of suckage with no Eastern Conference Finals berth, no shot at the NBA Finals. Maybe just lucky that they pray to add more play-in tournaments. Maybe have thirteen teams make the playoffs for each conference, and th- and then oh and then God. that won't happen because that's a joke, right? That 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 that's that just wishing for for five dollars to come on the floor. But that's that's just the Knicks, man.
1: If I can, just really quick. Of course, my for whatever it's worth, my analysis. I'm not a coach. I'm not a GM. I, you know, I just don't know by what I observe. But I never. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I get the philosophy of the Derek Rose and Tim's philosophy because I worked last year. I was proven to work at least to get them to the playoffs, right? But if he can stay healthy, I never understood why the Knicks did don't utilize Mitchell Robinson more, if he can stay healthy, and kind of use him as an impact player, kind of the way the Nets with Jason Kidd and Kenyon Martin used to back in the early 2000s. And so here's what I mean by that. Kenyon Martin, was he couldn't, he couldn't put the ball on the floor. If he put the ball on the floor, look out, because it's going to go off his knee, it's going to go off his foot, it's going to go out of bounds, And he wasn't a great player you know, post-player or shooter. But what he could do really well on defense and offense was explode to the basket in just like a, a ridiculously explosive and, 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 and uh, effective way. And Jason Kidd and, and Eddie Jordan at the time and Byron Scott being the great minds that they that they were, they just kind of took that prison offense, they call it, and they, they used the lob, which was traditionally just a uh, 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 all-star uh, game, you know, play. Yeah. And they a great offense behind that. And I think what also happened coincidentally, if you can remember, and I do because who else was watching the Nets at that time, but that really helped Kerry Kittles, Keith Van Horn, even Jason Kidd, Shoot a lot of three pointers because the uh, the paint the painted area was so uh, you know concerned about a lob going up to Kmart that they kind of slacked off on the on the wings right. and, and you know at the, in the top of the key and then these guys were hitting these shots they were knocking them down and I think. I think your Cam Reddish is, your, even your Evan Fournier's, I think, uh, with given a little more breath to, to, to you know, you know, not have to create their own shot, but just spot up and shoot. I, I can trust that Evan Fournier can hit a, a three. think he was, What was it, Boston. He was doing it in the playoffs. I think that's what caught their attention when he was in Boston because he was he was, he was playing really well off of. Uh, Jason Tatum and, uh, and Jalen Brown and those guys doing what they were doing inside-outside. So I never, I mean, for what it's worth, I never understood Well, the Knicks never tried. I mean, I know he's hurt, and he's been, you know, he, he's had a hard time staying healthy. But I mean, look, this guy's explosive. He can get, he, got, he can block us and block. He can get to the rim. Just throw the ball up there and do some pick and roll stuff. Work inside, outside. You don't have I mean, I get it. math is always going to kill you. The three-pointer is always going to beat the two. And if the other team is hitting three after three after three, you can't stop. I get that. I get that. But y'all can't do it. So why don't you establish something for your offense that's going to put you in a better position to at least hit the threes? And if you can't hit the threes, still stay with the mid-range game because there's going to be. Sometimes when these teams are gonna go through droughts where they don't hit three pointers, and that's when you can run up the score and maybe by two. But hey, better than that than not scoring at all. Or, or get to the foul line, get some traditional three point plays. Like
0: this is still basketball. Live yeah. by the three, oh. die by the three. Hopefully Kyle Korver can help Ben Simmons because I think that's what teams do for Ben Simmons. You know, let give him the three. Don't let him get down low. Of course, they won't care because he sucks at free throws. So, they all, they also have to work on that with him. But, last question before you go. Would you go all the way to Starbucks and go in Starbucks just to use their free Wi-Fi and to only buy a water? like Like, not a coffee, not a muffin, oh just God. a bottle of water. Context, I don't think I would do that, but <laughs> now you're to tell me the story. <laughs> James, go ahead. <laughs> uh, this, okay, I went to the gym. I
1: worked out, you know, because, you know, I, I want to stay in shape. There's a Starbucks. Good for you. Like, oh. Yeah, of course, man. You know, we got to, we brothers, got to stay in shape. Went to the Starbucks right sure. gym, use their free Wi Fi to watch my show and wear water. That's pretty much it. Oh, but, oh, so that's different. You didn't go to Starbucks. You we went to the gym. It just so happens that Starbucks was close by. They give the free Wi Fi. You came from the gym. You we went to grab more. Yeah. That's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, the I get it, it's
0: he could have went to a deli. He could have found a deli or a 7-Eleven. You don't go to Starbucks, right? That's like saying, that's like saying, let me go to a steakhouse. Let, let me go to a steakhouse and order a chicken parmesan. You think I want to order a
1: chicken
0: parmesan while I have to come in from the gym? Okay, but there's delis, there's 7-Elevens, there's anything.
1: Okay, um, and and quick, quick. I, I gotta, guess, get, I, I gotta agree with that one. I can understand it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Quickly, um, do you like Dave Ball as the head coach? Yes or no? I don't know, man. I, I I'm, I'm still kind of salty over that whole situation. Not so much because didn't, because of just what happened with Flores in general. Because, you know, the Giants know who they want to pick. They know who they don't want to pick. I don't want to get into that. But I think that whole thing was just handled so sloppily. And I think it really just kind of, like, overshadows if this guy's going to be a good coach. I'm not into the press conference, if he won the press conference or whatever, whatever. I'll I'll, 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 I'll tap in in August and I'll see what's going on. I'll I'll tap in in July and see what's going on. The Giants have just, like, disappointed me so much over the past 10 years that... It's hard, man. I love Tina o- O'Dell winning a, a ring, though. You though you know, he's, he's not been with us for a long time. I love seeing him
0: get a ring. So, uh, talk us, about the get-up up. and tell people where they can find you on social media.
1: Oh yeah, of course, man. Find me on social media at Will Y W I L L two one one on Twitter Ky Will Media. Media spelled the proper way on Instagram. I produce the show, Morning Show. Actually, it's Spotify's only morning show called The Get Up. Exclusively on Spotify, you just type in The Get Up. It's going to pop up. We do all types of cool things we, we we give you news. we give you pop culture we play games we talk about hip-hop we talk about sports. we talk about kim kardashian and kanye and i wish we could stop because it's a lot <laughs> you know, we interview a lot of he's cool he's people different, man. he's different different he's, he's different man we we actually interviewed a couple of weeks ago we interviewed men you know wrong you know uh we interviewed him a couple of weeks ago and he, he and i actually uh, have. a Nick fair guy, yeah. We, him and I actually have a really, really cool ranger that I'm gonna uh, that I'm gonna put on my at the Get Up Morning Show Instagram and my personal Instagram page. Nice. So that's what we call the teams in the builds. So if you want to see what me and uh, Nims bet on in regards to the uh, Knicks versus Nets tomorrow night, check it out. Awesome. Well Kyrie, well, Kyrie, as always, thank you for coming on. We'll definitely, you know, I'm definitely going to talk you. to you on the socials because we do got the knicks next tomorrow. Good luck, rest of the way. We'll definitely have you back Thanks, on real man. soon, and you know, good luck the rest of the way. Thank you for coming on, bro. I can't wait. Love you guys, man. Talk to you soon.
0: Yes, sir. Of course.